All right. I've got a few. Keep, keep getting food. Keep getting up and refilling. There's a lot of food over there. And John Johnson coming through at the barbecue. My man. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, I just got a few announcements before we, we, we have a few stories to share. Um, you had a program on your, uh, your table there. One thing that's in there that I just want to point out is the Bible reading plan. We're doing a two-year journey through the Bible together. The October-November bookmark is in there. So if you want to join us in reading scriptures each day, you can use that as your physical bookmark. Or you can download our app, and the scriptures pop into the app automatically every day. You just got to click on Today's Scripture in the Restore Church app. Um, also, it's not in there, but we usually have it in there. It's Kid City. You notice our kids are up here. The older kids are up here with us today. Younger kids are in the nursery. Uh, we are wanting to expand Kid City. We're wanting to go from two classrooms to three classrooms in the very near future, and we need about 10 more people uh, to serve in Kid City. We have 10, 10 new team members. You serve once a month in Kid City. So if you're not doing that yet and you want to have a good time discipling our kids and making, uh, making Jesus, learning about Jesus fun, okay, Will, we got one. I got one, one volunteer already. I love your enthusiasm, man. I hope that will rub off on other people. So we got one down, nine to go. Um, you can let us know on your connection card uh, if, if you want to serve in Kids City. Or you can send us an email. Our kids, uh, all of our emails are on the program. A couple big events coming up that we hope you'll be a part of. This Wednesday night, the Women's Fall Bible Study kicks off October 10th, Wednesday night. It's at the living room. It's from 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. every Wednesday night through the end of November, I believe, um, into December. So if you want to join that, you can pop in whenever you're, in, whenever you're available. Uh, but I know it's going to be a really special time each Wednesday night at the living room. And then November 9th through 11th is the men's retreat. We are going back to the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, it, went, it was awesome last year. Uh, okay, well, you're, Will's doing Kid City and the men's retreat. All kinds of things. I need someone to clean all the bathrooms in our house later tonight. Oh, you're going to volunteer for that too. All right, going to keep it rolling. Men's Retreat, November 9th through 11th, $175, $175 to go. You can register for that just by going on our website, paying $175 to the Men's Retreat 2018 fund. It's pretty simple to register. The registration deadline for that is October 28th. And then next week, we're starting a new teaching series that we're really excited about. We're going to have a couple special guest speakers that are going to be coming in, some experts on some particular topics we're going to be hitting uh, in our next teaching series. A couple of times each year, we do something like this as a church. We have a special gathering, a celebration. We celebrate our anniversary. We love to hear stories. <clears throat> if you weren't here last week, uh, a new friend of ours, Lenise Rojas, shared her story about her ministry that's happening in the living room. It's called City of Refuge. We recorded it. You need to go back and listen to it. It's, an, it's a very powerful story and a very... It's just amazing what God is doing through her work with um, Guatemalan and El Salvadorian immigrants in our city. Today, we're also going to continue story time, and we've got a few people from a store going to come up and just share some short stories about how they have seen Christ work in their lives and in our church since they've been here. So starting off, Stephen and Lydia Lambert are going to get us going here.
work? Well, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm Stephen Lambert. This is my wife, Lydia. Can you see this? Is that better? Okay, thank you. All right. <clears throat> so we started coming to Restore about four years ago. We moved here from Silicon Valley for a new job, and we checked out a lot of different churches. Uh, we were searching for fellowship, for connection, for uh, people to hang out with. We visited Restore in the Fillmore back when we were still meeting in that theater, and we both said, this is the place for us. We, we've, the first thing we got involved in was a missional community, and then we started working in Kid City. Um, I think you can all tell that we're a little old for having children in Kid City, but it's still fun, and I'd encourage you to give it a shot even if you don't have children. Kid City's great. And I really appreciate that we got a warm welcome, um, even though we're older than the typical member of your community. Um, I've always felt accepted and that uh, my age or our age really hasn't hindered getting invited to do things and participate, and we appreciate that. Thank you. So I'd like to focus in my comments on how Restore encourages us to serve others. And the first example is we got involved in a ministry called A Wider Circle. This is an organization that provides services to people who want to work their way out of poverty. They organize a team, uh, different teams of people, uh, who combine their talents to assist a client in achieving some goals. And so we were assigned to a group that included some people from Restore and also some new friends that we uh, hadn't known before. And we were focusing on uh, partnering with a woman who wanted to improve her circumstances. She wanted to get back into the workforce and earn more money for her family. And so we assisted her by helping her navigate through paperwork. She wasn't really familiar with using a computer, with getting permits, getting uh, signed up for classes, things, uh, uh, doing things like that. She needed to renew her medical assistant license, and she had to qualify for that all over again. And we also helped her regain her confidence to drive because she was nervous about driving, although she had a car. And so she was really committed to this process, and our team was just amazed at how she took steps forward and was brave and courageous. And she's now, because of her efforts, is working full-time, and she's doing so much better than she was when we started our friendship with her. And so, as often happens when one is serving, I found that my faith grew as a result of being in this service community, and I'm really grateful for the friendships and fellowship that came out of that experience. Another service highlight that I'd like to talk about was the mission trip to Greece uh, two years ago where we ministered to Syrian refugees. Um, these were people that were living in incredibly difficult circumstances, and there was so much uncertainty in, in their lives. They were kind of in limbo. And we found that despite those circumstances, they were warm and friendly, and they really welcomed us. Uh, we played with children in a refugee housing project, we sorted clothing in an enormous arena that had contributions stacked to the ceiling from uh, individuals and organizations around the world, and we served meals in partnership with a local church. I was humbled by these interactions, and I experienced a human connection with these uh, immigrant people who were struggling to build a better life. And I'm really grateful that the leadership of Restore uh, has a heart for refugees and made it possible for me and others to participate. And finally, I really love how Restore serves our community uh, with meals and with prayer support and with encouragement. 
service projects and uh, volunteer to sign up for meal lists pop up on email. And it's great when Lydia and I can participate in those things. Some of the first experiences we had at Restore were making and delivering meals to people that we didn't even know. And the sense of fellowship and connection was really terrific. And that really solidified our sense of belonging and being part of this community. So these powerful connections through serving others are a key way that Restore establishes a sense of community and I hope that all of you can have a similar sense as you get involved with the, uh, the miracle in our lives that Restore has been. Thank you. Thanks. How's that? How's that? Okay. Uh, as Stephen said, uh, I've been a part of the fellowship here at Restore for about four years now. And when I was asked to share about what Restore Church means to me, the first word that came into my mind was novelty. Um, I've been a part of many other churches. Those churches identified themselves by an association with a denominational synod or an affiliation with a Bible study or by a creed that was recited every Sunday or by statements of doctrinal positions. I was very familiar with churches that functioned in a manner that is more like a political or business association, complete with a governing board of male elders and a written constitution. Everybody was welcome to attend, but only the people who had met the criteria for acceptance as official church members of the church were allowed to vote. I have been actively attending church all of my life, but Restore Church has been a unique experience because the culture of Restore is centered around the person of Christ and the values of the kingdom of heaven. Inclusive community is one of the core values at Restore, and there are no membership lists. Being in fellowship with the people of Restore, I have experienced what it means to be part of a Christian community that functions like a family with healthy dynamics. Um, no one is an outsider here. And when everyone was talking about we have tendencies to hide parts of ourselves, that was the story of my life in every church I attended until we had started coming here. I can say this is the first time I've participated in a church where I truly and completely feel that I belong. <clears throat> that has been enormously important in so many ways that Lydia can't begin to express in words, as you can tell, other than to say, Thank you, my Restore family. You have been vessels of grace and are helping me heal from a lifetime of emotional and spiritual brokenness. Thank you very much. Okay. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name's Colleen. And I'm more nervous than I should be just talking to like a group of people who are basically family. Um, but 
I planned on starting my talk with saying how long I've been coming to Restore, except I don't actually know that answer. Um, I would have to go back and add up disparate months because I first came in 2012. Um, I was a college freshman. Elizabeth and I were the token babysitters. Um, and there were like, we were one of like three unmarried people in the whole church. Um, and at that time, church was just something that I came to and then stopped coming to. So uh, probably for a year or two in college, I walked away from Restore and church in general. Um, that's not to say that I wasn't still involved in relationship with people. Sarah and Tyler always cooked me food. Um, Aaron and Carrie stepped, or kept having me back to babysit, which I really appreciate. I love all the kids at Restore. Um, so I never entirely left, and in time, I warmed back up to God and even to church. I got married, and my husband, Elijah, and I realized that we needed a place that would challenge us and help us grow. So we didn't just need a church to go to, we needed a community. We got coffee with Aaron and Carrie at the living room, as one does, <laughs> and Carrie offered incredible words of wisdom. Um, Aaron recommended some podcasts, and Andy McNeely was even there. He told us to hang out in our front lawn, uh, which we haven't done yet. <laughs> um, but what I loved was that we just sort of felt like this was right and this was home. And what's even more impactful in retrospect is that uh, Restore and my story with it, much like God, uh, never forced itself upon me, but it was just compelling enough to draw me back in. Uh, like many, if not all, people here, uh, I have scars from previous churches and experiences with Christians. But here I feel like I can talk honestly and not be worried uh, or have the pressure to be perfect. I usually uh, roll my eyes at churches that say, come as you are, or we welcome questions. Um, I am working on my jadedness towards other churches, but I really think that's like actually the culture here, which is really cool. Um, there's a few moments that stick out. Um, <clears throat> one Sunday morning at the living room, uh, Christy Prendergast came up and asked, like, how, how are you? As someone would on a Sunday, and you should say, like, oh, yeah, I'm fine, like school, you know. Um, but I had been crying all throughout service, and I just said, things are hard. I'm at, like, 10%, and I just started crying, and she gave me a hug. Uh, and then just in the way that only Christy could say is, uh, how long have you been married? Chris and I almost got divorced after our first year of marriage. And then she started spouting truth, and I just loved that honesty because, you know, it's something that I was struggling with. Um, more recently, I was sharing something with Andrea, uh, and I was just able to say, like, I don't feel God, I only feel anger. Uh, I don't want to pray to God, I don't want to read the Bible, because I just don't understand why this thing is happening. But she never judged me or told me to have more faith or started preaching at me. She just said, that's okay, God is big enough for this. A moment that really sort of sums up this culture, um, at the women's retreat, Jen Howard and I were like waiting in line for the bathroom. And I was saying how, <laughs> end of story. Um, and I was saying how refreshing it was. A lot of women had just shared a lot of deep and hard things and how cool it was that um, we weren't just told like everything happens for a reason or it's all part of God's plan. She said, no, sometimes things just suck. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I say that all of the time because it's just so liberating that sometimes things just suck and you don't understand why they're happening. Um, and so I love that people in this room like have these conversations, even on a Sunday morning or afternoon. Um, we're never shamed for the thoughts we have, the tears we shed, or the emotions we express. Um, we definitely have happy moments. Obviously, we know how to eat and drink here. <laughs> um, but when I'm having hard times, which is sort of all the time right now, uh, I've been taught to lean into it, not in a, if God will bring you through it, he'll bring you to it kind of way, um, but that God is really speaking to us in this tension, and I'm trying to tune myself to that um, and this new way of viewing God. I'm still pretty jaded towards the church, but I'm learning to break outside of the box that I thought God, church, and Christianity was supposed to be so that I can worship and experience God in new ways and be the woman and leader that God made me to be. Thank you. That was for Colleen, right? Okay. okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, good evening, everyone. My name is David uh, Whitaker. Did you spell that right? Yes, looks like you did. Thank you. Um, I've got three things I want to talk about tonight. Uh, okay. Community, authenticity, and have an invitation for you. So uh, first of all, community. I've been coming here for just over a year. I was here at the fifth anniversary celebration. That was the second or third uh, service that I attended. And uh, I've always felt very welcome here. So I really want to thank everyone for making me feel welcome right from the very beginning. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, I've made wonderful friends here. And I've also seen uh, the way the community really steps up to help people who need it. Uh, whenever someone is sick or injured or needs to move or just had a baby or something, I've really seen the church uh, come together and help people out. And I'm really impressed by that. I'm really happy to be a part of that. I appreciate it. And uh, I think that I would like to invite all of you to take a minute to just reflect on that and uh, maybe give yourselves a little pat on the back because I think it's a very special thing and uh, uh, good for you. All right, second thing I want to talk about is authenticity. I really appreciate that I get to be myself here. And one of the things that means for me is I get to bring my faith here and I also get to bring my uncertainty and confusion here. Because there are things, even after all these years, there are things about Christianity that I just don't understand. But I feel that because we as a church don't insist on a particular version of theology being the right one, I can be honest about that. I can be honest about things I don't understand. Um, and because I can be honest about that, I feel like I've been able to cultivate a deeper and more authentic relationship with God because it can start from a place of complete honesty. Does that make sense? Okay. You don't have to agree with me, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So I appreciate uh, the openness that I can be honest here. And I appreciate at least as much that I can trust the leadership of the church to be honest with us that if there's something you guys don't understand or you're uncertain about, I know you'll tell us, and that's been very important to me. I would much rather be in a place that's based around honest uncertainty than one that's based around pretending to have it all figured out. Okay? Um, last thing. 
Uh, last thing I would like to invite you all to create night. As, um, I believe that we're all made in the image of God. God is the great creator, and so I believe that we've all got some creative ability within us. And I also believe that there are things that we can't understand or express through language and reason, but that we can understand and express through music and art. And so to cultivate that, cultivate that creative spark, that kind of authentic understanding, and to cultivate community, uh, some of us do this thing uh, called Create Night. So Thursday nights at my house in Tacoma Park, uh, we get together, Daryl and I are building a kayak, uh, a couple of other people are drawing and painting. Uh, if you would like to join us with either of those things, or if you want to write music or poetry or whatever gets your creative groove on, uh, come over and join us. We usually have some dinner, it's very low-key, very casual. Just come over and uh, we'll do our thing. And if you've got a friend or a neighbor that you want to bring along that you think might enjoy that, uh, please bring them along too, they're all welcome. So, all right, thank you very much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, hi everybody. Um, so if you haven't been able to tell, I am pregnant, which means I'm very emotional. Just a warning. Um, I might sob. You know how it is. Uh, no, I won't. No worries. Okay. Hi, I'm Andrea. Uh, I've been going to Restore for two years now, a little bit over two years. And for a little backstory about me, my husband Ian and I have been married for five years. In those five years, the only consistent thing has been change. So um, in five years, we've lived in four apartments in three states. Between the two of us, we've worked 11 jobs, which was brutal when I was adding those up. Um, <laughs> we've finished two degrees between the two of us. So it's been a whirlwind, a whirlwind five years, lots of changes. Um, and while church has been at the center of both of our lives for our entire lives, um, we ended up taking a year off church in 2015. It was somewhat accidental, somewhat intentional, to be honest. We moved to Pittsburgh. We were only going to be there for a year, and so we just decided what's the point we did go to church a few times like a big church where you can sit in the back row and then you can walk out no one says anything and we would just kind of check it off the list of things to do on Sundays and then um, go about our day and avoid any other involvement um, by the middle of that year we just stopped going altogether just stopped being part of our routine um, I still considered my faith at that point the most important thing in my life, or at least I thought I did, but I just wasn't actively seeking out a community. I wasn't trying to be involved in daily ministry or um, spend time with Christians or non-Christians even, really. I was just living a selfish life. In hindsight, what felt like a very needed break from church, like, oh, we all need a break sometimes, ended up teaching me kind of the opposite lesson. I really learned that it's almost impossible to be a Christian totally by yourself. Uh, it's really exhausting as well to not have that support. Um, I learned that being in a community with other people who are committed to faith and hope and love and the teachings of Jesus, that all of that was just necessary to my own spiritual health. And I learned that I don't believe that going to church is just like an unimportant or trivial act that we do on Sundays, um, but rather an ongoing commitment to love people, to challenge your selfishness and live out your faith and serve the people around you. I had committed to that kind of community for the 27 straight years before that year, and just taking one year off, I found myself really missing it. So we moved to Silver Spring in 2016 for my job, one of those 11, <laughs> 
And one of the first things on our to-do list was to find a church, because we had been through that year, and we realized we really did need this in our lives. Restore was one of only two churches that we visited in Silver Spring, and we felt a connection here right away. I remember Carrie talked to me the first Sunday and said, like, we should have lunch. And I just, that felt so good to me after a year away from people who wanted to actually hang out. <laughs> um, so what we didn't expect after, becoming, after coming to Silver Spring and joining this church was that life was going to get very, very difficult. Um, in the last two years since we've moved here, Ian and I have both worked incredibly difficult and stressful jobs. We have had a lot of anxiety in our lives and a lot of pain. Um, we struggled to adjust to that DC work above all else kind of culture. That has been a real struggle. And we found ourselves financially stretched and socially isolated at times. And on top of all of that, we faced tragedy. Ian and I lost our first baby to a miscarriage in 2017. And it was devastating for both of us. It's something I don't expect that we'll ever get over or that we'll ever stop being a source of pain in our lives. But we felt like in that time, God was really far away. We felt like he couldn't hear us. He didn't want to help us, or he couldn't help us. It was hard to tell. And that we just struggled then, we struggle now, to accept that this baby that we had wanted and prayed for and waited for for so long wasn't going to come home with us. Um, I really don't believe in cliches like everything happens for a reason. I prefer, as Colleen and Jen say, that everything sucks sometimes. Um, in fact, I think that whole cliche thing is complete garbage. That's my church-friendly word for it. But what I have learned is that in times of our tragedy, God goes above and beyond to show us his love. He sends people, great people with hearts full of compassion to suffer alongside us, and we have found those people at Restore. For me, Huddle with Amy has become a real safe place to be angry and hurt and express um, those feelings, and it's safe. The friends I've made from Restore have become a rock for me in many, many difficult times. And the women's retreat this year was especially healing as a time for me to connect with other women, share my struggles, and honestly to process some grief that I have been avoiding. So today, we have even more change around the corner. <laughs> Um, we're expecting a baby in December, and we know, thank you, uh, we know parenthood is going to come with like twice as many changes and challenges as we've experienced in the last five years. But um, in the face of those changes, and even more, honestly, that are coming for us, um, I'm very blessed to be part of this community of believers, to know I have people to turn to when life gets hard and when my faith starts to shake, and I expect that to happen again. I'm thankful that Restore has become a safe place for me to struggle and doubt and fear, but also to love and be kind and pursue patience and, and look for joy and see if I can find it. <laughs> um, I hope it has done the same for you, and if not, I hope that Restore can become the kind of place that we can do that for you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Tim Cole, and if many of you don't know me, it's my first time I've met many of you, and I am the director of Waypoint Church Partners, which is one of the organizations that helped this church get started six years ago, and uh, so I'm representing a whole group of people here that, uh, that are just so proud of what's going on here, and so my recollection for this church and some of the stories go back even before launch day, 
and uh, and my role with Waypoint uh, allows me to to see new churches like this started all the time. And so the metaphor that I think really works it, it it's it's like having a baby. Andrea's having a baby. There's so many things about new churches that are like having babies. And so I was there the day we interviewed this young couple in uh, at a relatively new church in Gaithersburg. And uh, so that was kind of the conception day when we said, let's see what it would look like to have a baby church in Silver Spring. And uh, so we were in that phase. And then kind of moving forward, I always think I was a math major in college, so I always think of, of things in the no- term of numbers. But I think for church plants, for new churches, I've been able to work with about 45 new churches in the last 20 years or so. And I really think that each year for a church plant is about three years uh, in, re- in kind of in the metaphor. Like, kind of like dogs, you know, it's like seven years or in dog years. Uh, not not that churches are dogs, but uh, that it's like three years. And so uh, so there's launch day, which is kind of like the birth of a baby church. And so we, I was at the Fillmore that day, and, and you guys were there for a while. Uh, and then you go a little while, and then you're at McGinty's, which is kind of like the toddler years, I suppose, you know, and kind of fumbling along and in diapers somehow or uh, one away or there's some bad jokes that we could say about uh, meeting in a bar with that. And uh, and then the last uh, couple of years with getting into the, the living room, it's kind of like your junior high, high school years. And then uh, today we're going to be installing uh, elders, uh, which I get to do a couple times a year with our new churches. And that's, for me, I'm, I'm old enough, I've got two adult daughters. And uh, I've uh, twice I've taken my daughter to college and dropped them off and, and said, okay, you're kind of on your own today, kind of. You know, you're not exactly on your own, but but you're out of our house now. And I really feel like today is kind of that day for us uh, that w- with my daughters, uh, when, when we sent them off uh, to college, um, you know, we communicated fairly regularly, uh, especially when they needed money. And uh, so, uh, but um, we, were, we were there whenever they needed. And, uh, and so that's, that's the way it's going to be for Waypoint and the other partners that have helped see this church get started is uh, we kind of feel like it's, uh, we're, we're going to be there. You're, you're not quite grown up, but you're becoming who you're supposed to be, uh, kind of like with your kids when they go to college. They're not really grown-ups, but they're really getting close, and that's the way we see Restore. And so on behalf of all the other churches that are kind of part of our network of churches, uh, we're just really proud of this church. And we're proud of Aaron and Carrie for taking the step of faith that few pastors do to say, we're going to help a brand new church get started. And in the life of all the pastors, only a very small percentage ever are involved in starting something from scratch. And so that's really difficult. Uh, my wife and I have been part of four new churches that we've helped to start. And uh, then after our last one, we had a, a, um, a church planting vasectomy, uh, and we, uh, if, if you're, and uh, that's in the analogy as well. And when there's no more new churches, we just kind of get to have grandchildren where we go and 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 then give it back. Like here tonight is uh, that uh, we're happy uh, to be more like grandparents in that respect. But we're really proud of this church and what the kind of culture it has. And we would wish that all of our new churches that we start, and you need to know uh, that since this church has started six years ago, that you've helped us to plant 12 new churches, that Restore supports Waypoint, and there are 12 other churches, a lot like this one, all over the Mid-Atlantic region, uh, from Annapolis, 
uh, and, um, and uh, I'm trying to think in Frederick, Maryland, all the way down to Charlotte and Raleigh and, uh, and Wilmington. There's churches all over the Mid-Atlantic region that you've helped us to start. And we would hope that all of them would have the kind of values and expression of being the body of Christ to a local community that this church has. And so we're really thankful for you and what you mean here and what you mean to us. And so in a minute, I'm going to uh, get to participate in praying for your leaders, kind of handing off the baton. And, uh, and there have been organizations that I just want to mention. Orchard, or, uh, the Orchard uh, Group is an uh, organization that plants churches all over the, the Northeast. And so you kind of are southern border of the Northeast here. The Waypoint is in the Mid-Atlantic, and so you're kind of the northern border of, of our region. And Stadia is kind of a national organization as well. Those are three organizations that came behind uh, this project, and we invested uh, leadership and, and resources, financial resources, in what we thought was worth the investment. And we, and we believe that today. There were churches here in the region that helped this church to get started. There was Mountain Church uh, in, in uh, Baltimore and uh, Manor Woods Church in, in um, Rockville and the New Life Church in near the Dulles Airport. And um, I'm leaving one out. Who am I leaving out? Journey's Crossing in Gaithersburg, that they said, we need to see a church here in Silver Spring started. And, uh, and so that we came together to, to help uh, see that happen. And so I'm representing them tonight, the four remaining leaders of our management team. The other three couldn't be here tonight. They're all great Christian leaders, and they got stuff going on tonight. They, they all want to be here. One, their son is getting married, so he couldn't beg off of that. Another one's on a mission trip uh, to uh, Ecuador. And the third one, Mike McNeely, is actually serving at the table with Andy. Uh, it's Andy's dad. And so uh, he sends his best wishes tonight as well. But we as a team are just so proud that we've been a part of the process from before launch to launch and then helping provide wisdom and support all along the way. So thank you uh, for what you've become. We're just really proud of you. Um, Dusty and Shannon and Carrie are going to come join us on stage. I just want to say something uh, about our relationship with Tim and the rest of the management team. Um, I remember that, that moment at Journey's Crossing probably seven and a half years ago, vividly. Um, we were sitting with this group of people. Carrie and I had never lived in the Northeast. We had no idea about this culture, what it was like to, to, to do church here. So we were asking them questions. And Tim, I, I like that it's you here today. Because Tim is the one, he, he spoke the words of conviction for us. And he, he said something to the effect of describing the culture here and the need for Christ. And Carrie started crying. And they didn't know what, what they were like, what's wrong? And I'm like, no, that just means that she's feeling convicted by the Holy Spirit and that we need to move here. And um, it was a really, it was one of those like photographic moments that you remember having. And so I'm just thankful for, for your friendship and your wisdom over the last seven years and guidance and... Um, yeah, I'm not done yet. You're trying to get me off the stage. but um, we, I've been meeting with them uh, once a month for seven years, and, and their voices and their prayers have uh, really brought a lot of encouragement uh, to my life personally, to Carrie and I and the rest of our team and the rest of our church's ministry. Um, they have provided gentle correction when needed and challenge and then encouragement and warmth when we've needed that as well. And so... Uh, we're going from a, a daughter church to a sister church today, but the relationship's not over. We're going to keep supporting church planning. Um, so it's just a cool moment to have Tim here today. So we're going to close uh, in prayer. Tim's going to pray over um, 
Shannon and Dusty, come on up here. I already told you guys to come up here. Um, he's going to pray for us, so we're transitioning from external leadership to internal leadership. Um, the four of us, along with Jeff Otis, make up the Restore Church leading community. Um, that community will grow, uh, but we wanted him to pray for those of us who are present today to, to, to kind of celebrate this moment. This is an ancient tradition. If you know what the scripture says, the Apostle Paul wrote back to Timothy to a really young church that was just a few years old and said, you need to install some leaders, that some godly people that oversee your community. And so this is not something new that we're doing tonight, but something that goes, an ancient tradition that goes all the way back to the original church. And so I'm going to pray more than anything else. A lot of leaders and Christian leaders, uh, when starting a church, they want to know what's the right thing to do. And even in your personal life, you often pray, God, what's the right thing to do here? There's got to be a right and a wrong. But the one thing that we know from Scripture, that God says, you need to pray for wisdom because I love to give it. And then you know what to do rather than just looking for the right or the wrong that you know because of the wisdom that God provides. And so for them, that's what I'm going to be praying more than anything else. And I hope that you'd be praying with me that they would have godly wisdom to lead this church. So let's pray.